Hello friends, fans, stalkers and strangers. Welcome to the first ever episode of the brand new podcast called Talking Shit, a complete guide to horror movies. Thank you for making that announcement that no one cared about. So in this podcast series, my co-host Byron Pesco, aka BP, Coop and I will discuss specific horror franchises, tropes, genres, time capsules, and well, basically anything horror. For our first ever podcast episode, we will be discussing the Final Destination franchise and how death has never looked so glamorous and creative. I found this old talking board in the basement. Those things don't work. Yes, they do. Didn't you see the movie? The movie Ouija? No, no one did. Please join me in welcoming my co-hosts, Coop and Byron. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Anytime, anytime. So just before we get started on how this franchise like eventually contributed to my panic disorder, I figured we'd introduce ourselves and why we are talking on the internet today about this specific series. So I'm Justin. I'm a lifelong horror fanatic with pretty boring day job as a marketing specialist. So in other words, I just work with data people, send emails, you know, typical social media, yada, yada, yada. That's the weirdest explanation for anything I've ever heard. My first ever horror movie that I remember watching was Friday the 13th, all the way back when I, I think I was about three or four years old. But it wasn't actually until I watched The Ring in a packed movie theater all the way back in their bucket heads that actually got my obsession going. I was petrified of that movie. And that really kick-started my whole like, foray into trying to figure out why I was so intrigued with horror as a genre itself. Do you? Do you find it so shocking? Coop, can you tell our audience a little about yourself? Absolutely. Um, so I'm Coop. I'm a uh, balding customer service rep who plays guitar and loves horror movies. Um, like Justin said, I've known him for a very long time and I'm very excited to uh, be talking about horror movies on this podcast. Hi, I'm Byron. Um, I've known Justin since I think about year eight and I think initially we uh, actually bonded over Nintendo 64 games um, and then Goosebumps. And sort of ever since then, uh, we've kept in ch- touch. And then I think I met Coops around the same time at Nambucca High. So let's start with the first one, Final Destination, which was released in 2000. Okay. That was the movie that really kicked everything off. It had Devin Sawa, it had Ali Lada, it had a few people from American Pie, like Sean William Scott. I remember watching this movie and thinking, holy shit, <laughs> that plane sequence with the opening premonition. Yes. Yeah. I just remember watching it thinking, wow, this is harsh. <laughs> it's something that I feel has been topped by previous sequels, but it's still something where when I watch it, I still think, Jesus Christ, like this is insane but it's also shot really good incredibly um, well hey yeah yeah as you mentioned that um that opening scene with the with the plane crash and of course you know there's been so many movies that have had you know big plane crash sequences but i've, I've always feel like that one sort of stands out the most for me particularly mm-hmm. the way that it ends with the fire on his face and the like the flickering like the sizzling noises they have yeah. on his, on his face just as he's sort of waking up is yeah really 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 jarring I, yeah i think it's a very good scene yeah, I think it's quite graphic in terms. Of, like, I think the CGI looks like still pretty good now. Um, it's especially up. Like, yeah, like I watched number five a couple of days ago, and they obviously do that scene again, and it's obviously better then. But I remember watching the first one, like, it's pretty good for a 2000 movie, mm. and it's quite graphic in terms of like when the plane comes apart and they just fly out of the side. And I'm just like, wow, okay, it's full on. There they go. 
Here we stay. I actually prefer the Final Destination plane sequence compared to the fifth installment. I don't know what it is. I know that it's got updated technology because Final Destination 5 was filmed 11 years later, but I don't know. I knew that it was fake. I knew, like, mm. I'm not mm. saying the first one's real, but I don't know. It took me out of that element of surprise that I thought, yeah, it could have been better. Still graphic nonetheless, but yeah, the first one. Too, too I, slick. Probably too slick with the, with the, um, the CGI and like, because obviously CGI just gets better and better, um, but sometimes it's almost yeah too slick and things fall apart like butter, and it's like that's that's not realistic. Um, so it could it could be that the fact that it, it was sort of maybe there wasn't as much of a budget with the first one, or that it, the CGI hadn't come so far that there was you know still physical effects involved that it, that sort of drag you in more to make you feel like you're in the scene more than just sort of like watching really good effects. I'd probably say that the in, if it's number five, a lot of the money probably went towards the opening scene, which was the bridge, because it's still Ooh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of CGI and that. It looks pretty good. So yeah, probably ran yeah. out of budget by the time they got to the plane scene and sort mm-hmm. of like, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first one, while I hugely admired the plane sequence, and at the time I remember being so enthralled with all the like various designs, for me, the standout death scene in that one is definitely with the teacher. <laughs> Like there was a thousand different things happening that it just ended with like the house exploding. I also like the way it was done where it was, and this is a common thing with most of the sequels too. There's always one death scene where it's always like the fault of the person at hand. So she cracked open the cup. She leaked it everywhere or the alcohol. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was so creative and well done. And then it was just like, Bam, knives fall down. Bam, the house explodes. Bam, this happens. And it's just like, who thinks of this? Like, if I had tried to write down something, I would go for something simple because mm. for me, something simpler the better. But when I see complex scenes like that particular scene done so well, it makes me think, shit, <laughs> I need to up my game. Yeah, because of the way that scene's set up as well, it's like death is something moving and stalking this person. Like it keeps trying all these little things. And then as the end result, when Alex shows up to the house and and all that kind of stuff, it's like, oh, well, how much of this is predetermined? How much is this their choice? And how much is this death pulling strings in order to kill this person as well? So it's like heaps good. I almost forgot how entertaining this could be. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was a kid, so I was about eight or nine, but I watched... Final Destination and still being like, oh, that's a bit grisly and oh, that's a bit much, but not thinking too much of it. When I rewatched this movie a couple of days ago, I was actually surprised by how shocked I was with Todd's death in particular, where he gets strangled in the shower. Mm. I don't remember it being that brutal. <laughs> like, I don't remember it. Like, his eyes popping, yeah, blood, blood, blood and vessels, and yeah. That looked good. Oh, that was pretty scary, actually, with the bloodshot eyes. Yeah. Mm. Maybe it's a the Mandela effect where I don't remember that happening when I watched it, but I swear that I watched like an uncensored version compared to what I watched as a kid. And like I looked on IMDb, I looked on like Australian video releases. There's no such thing. Maybe was one mind just blocked that part out. Surely it wasn't on. Um, was it on TV? Maybe or something? Because I know sometimes there's like those TV edits where they, hmm. they try and take the gory shit out. Maybe there's an unrated yeah. version somewhere, but it's not. I don't know. Like I watched hmm. the one on DVD, and that was just in that trilogy thing. But there was nothing about an unrated thing on it. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So 
might be something out there, like an alternative scene maybe, but it's not really been, yeah, I'd say it's on YouTube somewhere or like behind the scenes maybe. Maybe you've seen something. I don't know. Sup- suppressed trauma perhaps, Justin. Or you just hope was- I <laughs> you just that, you didn't want to remember. It fucked you up as a kid. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> oh, honestly, some scenes from all these movies fucked me up as a kid. Even today, like I will purposely try and skip some of the scenes, and I think, nope, nope, I committed to this. I have to watch it all. <laughs> yeah. And then afterwards, I feel like I have to have like a cigarette, or I have yeah, to yeah, go for like yeah. a walk to be like, why the fuck did I just watch that part again? Like, exactly. always sucking myself <laughs> out. I will yeah. say though, I didn't really have like those particular feelings during the first part of Destination. I felt that it was the foundations of like it's its own great standalone movie, but it also does set it up for a good franchise. Personally yeah. didn't make me afraid of traveling on a plane, but I always have that thought in the back of my mind when even if it's just like a short flight from Sydney to Melbourne or if I go overseas somewhere, I always think fine with destination. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's just something that's always in my head. But it's not something that I've been like, get me off the plane. Like, I'm not going to do something like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't make me afraid of flying or, or anything like that. It's probably, yeah, probably some of the other movies probably had more of a uh, lingering effect yeah. on how I interact with the world, I'll be perfectly honest, but not the first one. <laughs> I think I'll go get a picture of the plane taking off. Marge, what's wrong? Are you hungry? Sleepy? Gassy? Gassy? Is it gas? It's gas, isn't it? Homer, I've never told you this before, but I'm not a good flyer. I have to get off the plane. Let me off the plane. I'm asking you nicely to open the doors. Take it easy, Marge. How about if we dope you up real good? Let me off, 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 let me off. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I get on a plane, but I don't really think of Final Destination that much. That's more like, I guess, with number three, that's what I would think of, if yeah. anything, with the opening scene, but not number one, no. Probably 9-11, yeah. if anything. <laughs> but it's also that thing of not having control, especially in this one, because you're on a plane and you just hope, pray to God, that everything goes to plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the idea that your life is not in your hands. I guess yeah. plane's probably a good, good scenario yeah. for that, yeah. Was there anything in particular that either of you hated about the movie? Yes, Uh, yes. I was hoping you were going to ask that. Um, So (laughs) it's just before one of my favorite deaths in the movie as well, but it's the dialogue by Sean William Scott just before he dies. See, I told you you were next. You're dead. That's just the lamest, (laughs) just cringiest thing in that entire movie. And then thankfully, half his head gets cut off and that's good. So I put two points in there. One point was, which it is like a horror cliche and well, yeah, especially for horror movies. But in the ending scene, who's the guy that gets hit by the falling sign? Like right at the end before the credits? Who's that guy? Oh, shit. Uh, I was going to say Slater, but that's saved by the bell. But that scene's so set up that you know something's going to happen when the sign goes up and then he's sort of standing in frame. No. Um, Billy's Billy's Sean William Scott. Hang on. Yeah, I've got this up. Carter. Carter? Yeah. Yeah. Carter. Carter. Yeah, but it sort of sets it up. You know, he's like, see, I escaped death. And you sort of know because the scene sort of set up perfectly. It's real on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. I find that really sort of 
cliche and just a bit sort of like cheap. like it's all good and then all of a sudden he's like so i've been thinking about the yeah. list and it's like oh uh, a where did that come from and how we just already just fucking tunneling right into this ending the only other thing i had on that film because i hadn't seen the first one in so long when that film ended i was like so what's happened to alex and uh what's name claire I just thought Clear. it was odd. That yeah. it, it sort of just like she obviously. What happened with her? She got pushed out, didn't she? Uh, she was in the sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what happened was like it was kind of weird because it was sort of based around Alex the whole time, the whole movie. Yet the movie just sort of ended after he got hit by the sign. The other guy, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, there's not going to be like a thing about him. And then the second film, I just yeah, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I just sort of thought it was a bit <laughs> weird that it just ended like that. I was like, okay, I guess it leaves it up to the viewer. Mm. I guess the, the idea with, with that was the fact that it doesn't skip you. It just starts again uh, yeah. because Carter would be after everyone's been skipped, then it's back to him again. And they're just going to have to keep going through it, going through it, going through it. I think that was sort of the, the idea with that. But have, have either of you seen some of the alternative endings for the first movie? I didn't know. There was no. Alternatives. no, true. Well, there's, yeah, there's some different endings. Um, there's an ending where uh, it's so bad. This was like the original ending. Alex dies when he gets electrocuted and oh, uh, clear yes. is pregnant with his child. Um, and she's like walking through the park and there's like leaves falling and stuff and, and it just kind of ends and it's shit. What the fuck is this piece of shit? Yeah. Apparently it tested bad with audiences and then they read, they, yeah, they came up with a new ending. So they tried to make, make it a bit like the butterfly effect before the butterfly effect, I guess. Um, and it just didn't, it just didn't land. I do remember reading that specific ending and thinking, huh? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, it was on like the special features or something. I've definitely seen like the ult- alternate ending and it's um, not very good. Mm. <laughs> the one thing that I've always noticed about the first part of this nation is towards the ending of the movie where it's a part where Clear nearly dies because she gets electrocuted with the whirly-dirly clothesline mm. and everything. Mm. When she's climbing the house, it looks like she's boarded up the windows. So in my mind, I thought, is she a squatter? Is she someone that's like taken over someone's house or is it just bad production design where they forgot about it because they I mean, don't yeah, really explain it they, they didn't go into the um story enough with with claire's yeah. background and the fact that like yeah parents have like left or died or whatever but like she's still got like this mad house and a dog and she's like got a workshop in a garage and like who's paying for all this shit yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, but i feel like that's that's probably a, a, a plot hole in a lot of american teenage movies these teenagers have all this stuff basically living like adults at age 15 or 16 which is just obviously not a reality to most people especially when the actors are like in their early 30s oh yeah 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 <laughs> i'm a teenagers. 25 year old playing a 15 year old it's yeah yeah yeah, yeah they they cast people in the late 20s early 30s to play us <laughs> i have a feeling as well the way that it ended i wonder in their minds if they sort of knew that it was going to be a hit and so they were sort of setting it up for a sequel to sort of explain mm. it in the second one. That's what I think they'll probably either, if it doesn't get renewed for a second movie, just sort of leave it up to the viewers to sort of like guess what happened and or if it does get renewed, then it gets explained in the second movie. That's what I sort of thought as well. Because until yeah. you see the second one, you don't know for sure. It's like it does Alex yeah. and Clear die yeah. after that, so on and so forth. So. so I've got some trivia on how the story came to be. So initially, this was actually an episode written for The X-Files back when... Mm-hmm. X-Files was in its original like incarnation in the 90s. It was supposed to be 
like a standalone monster of the week episode, which is part of like the X-Files mythology where instead of focusing on the big alien storylines, they focus on these individual uh, episodes. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work out for the writers, so they took it to New Line Cinema, who decided to adapt it to a feature film. It had so many working titles where it was going to be just called Flight 180, it was going to be called Flight Crash. There were so many different names just with the word flight involved. And then how Final Destination came about was from Tony Todd, who is, I guess you could say, like the Oracle of Death in Final Destination mm-hmm. 1 and 2. He comes back in the fifth installment. He's also the voice of the roller coaster in number three, which I didn't know. Until I, I did not know that trivia. either. Wow. Okay. Like yeah. the devil voice? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a specific quote in the movie where he says everyone ends up on their final destination or something like that. Don't quote me on that entirely, but yeah, okay. that's yeah. where they took the title from. God, it's a good thing they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could you could you imagine what watching um Flight Crash 2 and being like, why the cars <laughs> in this? What the hell? It sounds like some shit PS2 game or something. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Like a like a, a bad one in like the like hot wheels or something, like Flight Crash 2. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the only other point I was going to make on the first movie was it would be in because when did this movie release in 2000? Did it say or does anyone know? Mm, I think it might have been second. August 2000. Uh, it's it kind of unrelated, March, but it would have, March 17th, it would have been 2000. interesting if it was meant to be released after, say, 9 11 because of the mm, plane thing. Mm-hmm. If they would have released it or they would have delayed it like a year or if they would have re scrapped the opening scene. That's what I was thinking when I was watching it as well. Maybe, oh, the, for second, sure. maybe the second one was going to be another plane. And then they were like, ah, well, maybe it's not such a good idea. Now. Yeah. But I'm, yeah, I'm interested. Like, Final Destination 5, I guess you can get away with it because it's been, it would have been, what, 10 years exactly, pretty much. After yeah. And it, I guess but... it's more of like a callback than anything. Yeah. 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 But as I was just watching it thinking, I wonder like what would have happened. I guess what would have been interesting to see what the opening sequence would have been if, yeah, they sort of thought, well, we can't air this because it's too soon. Especially with the whole, when you said, Sean, about the sizzling of the face, because you can imagine yeah, yep. going into the building, that's what, well, yeah. Yeah, would have absolutely. So, yeah. You fucking crack or shit! sure i can i remember there were so many not only movies but like music albums even tv shows like uh sex in the city in their opening sequence i have a shot of the two towers after 9 11 there's no shots of the two towers like in any of those episodes onwards what are you fucking crazy that's your answer a friend's episode did that as well they i think they went to the airport or something and they had to re-change it or something they said bomb or something and that had to get re-edited or something America is, I can see why straight after 9-11, why they would still be like overly cautious and it was a Mm. trying time for them. But 21 years later, there's still certain rules that they have when it comes to airports compared to Australia, like taking off your shoes entirely, doing the full body scan, sometimes three times. But Illuminati. I think yeah. the worst we have yeah. here is the whole like you like you just got to take your laptop out of the bag so yeah. they can physically see the laptop. Yeah, um, yeah. Other other than that, not that bad. It, it feels <laughs> so much looser restrictions. Which yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you've you've travelled in America, so you you would have seen both sides of that coin, hey? Mm. Oh, have, have you both have you both been to the US? Yep. Ah, yeah. There you go. 
I had a. I'm um, the only one who doesn't understand. <laughs> when I was going to, um, where was I going? I got a flight from Brisbane to, I think Dallas to get to. I think at the time they weren't doing a Brisbane to New York. It wasn't like a flight yet. I don't know if it still is. I don't know if it is a flight yet, but you had to go by Dallas. And I remember I had a can of Coke in my bag, and TSA like went off their nut, and they were like, "What's in there?" I'm like, "I don't know." I'm like, it's Fanta, Fanta, no Coke. Fanta, Fanta, no Coke. And then. I remember they just like made me wait like 10, 15 minutes and I was just sitting there. I'm like, I need to like board my connecting flight right now. And they were just taking their time. And I'm like, it's just a coke can. Like, cool, let's go. But they were so like <laughs> on it. It made it so dramatic. And I was just like, yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't mean to put a coke can in there. I forgot about it. Yeah. Where the fuck is my Coke Zero? Did you drink it? Fuck my life. Don't touch my Coke Zero. I accidentally snuck a joint in from Sydney to LA, which <laughs> did not, first of all, did not intend to do on purpose, even though that was like the height of like my, let's go party every day. But I cleaned out my luggage, like vacuumed it, everything. I made sure I checked every single pocket, but I had to go through the full body scan when I got to LAX. And I had no idea what these things were. Like you have to do this awkward position where you're like dancing. And it's like okay. this. You sort of like when you do the Illuminati and it spins around. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> yeah, it feels like a weird circular machine thing. And I remember they stopped me and they're like, sir, can you tell us what's in your bag? And I was like, <laughs> I don't have anything in my bag. And then they opened it and I had a water bottle. But then I also had all these coins. Apparently you cannot take more than 10 coins in onboard oh. luggage. But that also extends to packed luggage because it can be seen as like a way to get around some tax evasion laws or some bullshit. So I was like, oh yeah, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I won't do that again. And anyway, I go back to my hotel and I used to always wear this really fucking stupid denim jacket that had crime and violence written on the back. And I felt something in the front pocket and I thought, oh, what's this? And I pulled it out and I swear to God, my heart fell to my ass. I thought that I was still being watched and that I was going to get in trouble from the airport, even though I was already in my hotel in LA. Because <laughs> to this day, I still don't know how that made it through undetected. I've seen people be stopped because they smell like weed or because, yeah. you know, it might have been around someone who had done that. It's America's laws are so strict that the day before I had to go on another flight from LA to New York. I vacuumed everything again. Like I shook everything down. Like I took apart every single shirt, pants, everything, you name it. And I was paranoid going to each airport after that. Like I'd be sweating, like holding my suitcase, being like, just, just like normal. Everything's fine. <laughs> and then the security guard would be like, how are you today, sir? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you? I'm, I'm fine. Are you fine? And I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I acting so paranoid? I haven't done anything wrong today. <laughs> Chris, is that a weed? No, this is a crayon. You're, you're just like Kenny out of where the mill is when he's just like looking at the license. He's like, we need a bag check over here. I guess what we've got to learn from this is that TSA is way scarier than Final Destination. Oh, by far. By far. <laughs> Honestly, they should just do Final Destination 6 TSA. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for listening to our first ever podcast episode. We hope you enjoyed our unhinged rants and opinions. In the next episode, we discuss the sequel, Final Destination 2, that ups the ante with the theme of cheating death and assess if the sequel still holds up 19 years later. If you liked our podcast, feel free to leave a comment, share this episode, and if you hated our podcast, 
I'm sorry that you have no taste. Get well soon and leave us a negative review so it pushes our engagement even further. Later, losers. Oh.